0: Beautiful. Mente Waya will never forget the sound of gunshots ringing at the age of seven and again at 21 years of age when war broke out around her. Defining moments don't happen to break you down. They happen for you to lift others. You are listening to the Africana Woman podcast and I'm your host Chulu. Every week I ask an Africana woman to invite us into her home to give us a snapshot into what happens behind her closed doors. I hope you will join me on this journey of discovery, revelation and self-awareness. I'm not going to lie, it may become uncomfortable sometimes, however I encourage you to push past your unease and challenge yourself to think differently. The simple act of expanding yourself to receive the unknown may be transformational for you. In the previous episode, Mente told us how her family was doing well in Liberia, until the day they ran out of their home in pajamas for what they thought would be a week, but ended up being two years of walking to safety. Her family of six siblings, her mother and father, fought to stay together. However, was separated due to circumstances beyond their control. We pick up the story where the family has lost track of their father for years, but they have been given asylum in Australia.
1: So when you did arrive in Australia, what were their conditions? Because um, in Ivory Coast, they said, well, you guys can just chill wherever you want to chill, wherever you find yourselves, you know. And then um, in Guinea, they're like, no, ma'am, you need to be in the camp in a desert. So in Australia, what were the conditions? In Australia, we got here. So we
2: got told what, to expect before we got here we had like a cultural orientation so we got told this is what's going to happen you're going to go and the government has already found a house for you guys you're going to live in that house you're going to get um um, government assistance and you're going to get to be able to pay for your food and your rent and if you want to go to school you get government assistance to go to school so we pretty much sort of had an orientation and then we got here someone had our names at the airport on a piece of sheet and then they took us in this bus but it was all still and because the trip was a long trip it was like over 27 hours before we got here by the time we got here we were half sick half tired like everyone was just knocked out so we just got in that bus came home mum didn't sleep that night because she just felt like no this is not happening like no, something is going to happen again. But we are just crashed. Because, um and because of the time difference, we used to sleep like during the day and then be up at night <laughs> and just be chatting. So during the day we'll just sleep and then at night we'll just be up and chatting and then we'll watch TV and then we're like, oh, my God, we got a TV again, you know? <laughs> like we got a TV again. So I was just changing the channels and can you imagine like having all these kids with one TV and trying to, and yeah. And then, um, next day we got taken to, um, we call it Centrelink here, but it's like the social security. We got, um, all our social security stuff done. We went and got our Medicare done. And, um, the guy that took us, he, he was an African, but, um, His English wasn't that good because he was, I think he was from Sudan or somewhere. Um, And we'll get to the place and he'll be like, you guys speak English more than me. So that was an advantage for us, (laughs) coming from an English speaking background. And he was like, you speak English better than me? Go in and just say what you need to get because I can't, because he was meant to like be interpreting for us and doing this. So that's how we pretty much got pushed into finding our way around because he said to us, you speak English better than me, go in there, tell them, okay, this is what we're here for and this is what we need. And that's just how we just started going into buildings and asking people, what can we do next? We're new in the country. What can we do? What? How do you live in this country? How do you get by? And people say, oh, you go to the library, you get registered, you get a library card, you can go there, you can borrow books, or you can go to... Um, school over there you can go and do this and yeah so just pretty much asking people and getting around and I find myself a job really quickly because I realized I didn't like social security (laughs) so after three months I was like knocking on people's doors can you give me a job I'm looking for a job (laughs) I'm looking for a job and yeah, just making friends. Like you just see an African walking down the street and you go, Oh, you're African. I'm African too. Hi, how are you? You know, just that sort of thing. And just
3: yeah, it was scary, but it was, it was exciting. Being, being safe for the first time in so many years. But then still at the back of your mind thinking, how long is this going to last? Is it real? Yeah. And just trying to get readjusted to going back to
2: studying, going back to working, going back to just being
3: normal again. And then we started trying to find our dad again. Because now, this time, we could actually afford to get a calling card and call
2: like every single person that we had their number or their contact details. Or even if we didn't know them, we'll call them and say, oh, this so and so person. And yep. And then two, two, three years, two years after that, my dad came and he walked me down the aisle for my wedding, which was a dream,
3: dream come true. I postponed my wedding so many times because I just wanted my dad to be there. Yeah. Ah.
1: All the feels. Yeah, I was holding back all this time, but you got me at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. me at the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was... It was a moment. Mm -hmm. The day my dad got here. So he had to leave Liberia and come to Guinea,
3: and we would talk to him on the phone. But it was still like, we don't know this man. Who, Who is he? And our church that we went to at the time, they
2: rented a bus. Because there's a lot of us. As you know, my mom had adopted like three kids in the refugee camp and they, the church was so supportive of us and they rented a bus and it was like, they were like, we're gonna take you guys to the airport. We're excited to meet this person. We know it's our dad, like especially for us, the eldest one. I knew my dad wore glasses,
3: pretty much. You, 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 you don't realize that. You just remember those little things, and that's how I recognized that it was my dad
2: from his glasses. And I was just like, "Yeah, my dad wears glasses." And if I see someone coming with glasses, I think that would be my dad sort of thing. And we're at the airport. We're just sitting there waiting, waiting. My mom was just looking straight at the door, and he walked out. And mom was like, "Yes, yes." and it was just, we just ran over and the people from our church that took us, they were standing there crying and it, it was and it was just like a few months because we had, every time that we had set a date for the wedding we didn't, we were just setting a date hoping that oh yeah he'll be here and I just kept saying we just need to postpone this because I need my dad. People from my church were like volunteering to walk me down the aisle. But I was just like, I need my dad. I think we postponed the wedding three times. In
3: 2007, March 31st, my dad held my hand and walked me down the aisle. And it was a big celebration like it was like a celebration of my dad coming back, even though it was my wedding. It was, it was just amazing. And I remember that, I know
2: it sounds weird, but my wedding was just a day of celebration
3: of our family coming back together. And it's just, it was, yeah.
1: yeah (laughs) we need a breath right here like just a nice deep breath We did okay Okay. so now you work with um you work with women that are immigrants Uh and um I mean you've told us a little bit about how you know when you arrived you're kind of just thrown into the deep end like work it out figure it out find a job yeah. I can't do the social security anymore um, but just tell us a little bit more about why um, you know what was what really motivates you to to want to um, give back to that community
2: um, I think it's always been something as I said earlier that's in me that just want to help, and coming
3: to Australia, that thing was telling me to just help people
2: in general, but then more like my mum had been a single mum for a long time with all these kids struggling to just get them food and get them everything. And then you come to a new country, you have to adapt. Like they've got no processing time. They've got no time to sit there and grieve. Mum doesn't have time to sit there and think, where's my husband today? Or what? Like they've got a lot of stuff on their plate. They've left, she's left her career. She's left her home. She's left everything. And now she's just focused on even though she went to school, she studied, she worked back home, but now she, she couldn't even put herself together and say, yeah, I'm going to go back. She doesn't have that strength anymore to say, yeah, when you come to a new country, you have to go back to study. She didn't have that in her to, to go and study again. Like She had already used up whatever reserve she had in her just to survive. And I just see people, especially the the ladies from non-speaking backgrounds that come to this country and they just struggle, like they lose themselves in the process and they have to wait for social security that is not even going to get them by to the next month with their kids and they can't find a job because they don't speak English properly. And they're not going to go to school to get a certificate. In this country, if you're going to wipe tables, you need a certificate. Like back home, if you're going to sweep, you just go sweep, you grab the broom. All, all the ladies back home know how to sweep and wipe a table and clean. But here, you need a certificate to do that. I had to go and get a cleaning certificate when I got into this country because that's what I started doing. I started washing dishes. Started doing stock taking stores. I started working in the hospital, cleaning in the hospital because I was studying nursing and I wanted to see how the hospital environment was. But that's because I was, I would say I was young and I still had it in me. But these women who had gone through all this stuff, they just could not bring themselves to going back to school, getting this certificate or going back to to, to, to getting a degree and go back to the jobs that they were doing. But they knew how to clean. Like, I don't know who from <laughs> Africa, <laughs> a woman doesn't know how to clean. You, you start early, they go, clean your room, and you've got to clean it properly. So I was like, this is something that they can do. If I can provide that for someone, that'll empower them that'll bring their self-esteem back up. They'll be able to contribute to their family. They won't have to wait for social security. like they. And I just saw that opportunity and, um, yeah, went for it. And just, I don't know what I'm doing up to this day, to be honest. <laughs> I, just, I just thought, yep, yeah, got a bit of money. Just get the things ready, go and do the training. I got, I got into it from a franchise and I learned everything from the franchise. Now I've left the franchise and people just still kept, I was going to leave it and people just still kept asking. And the way I see these ladies, like their eyes light up that they can be able to do stuff for even their family back home. It's just like, I can't stop it. I just have to keep going. It doesn't matter what
0: i just have to keep doing it so yeah sis are you like me i literally live by my calendar if it's not on there it does not exist nor does it happen but quick question are you on your calendar i don't mean all the activities that you do for and with others i mean do you have a day that is all about you not babies not bay not web or anything else that keeps you busy i'm asking you to be your own bay So one day a month, Africana Women will host in-person events in Lusaka that give you permission to practice self-love. This is not just another networking event, you know, restaurants and cocktails. No, darling. Instead, we're partnering with local businesses to give you unique experiences like paint and sip, a ladies hike or a body positive dance class. Like you do not want to miss this. So come on then, join us, sign up today, be your own bae. Find the link in the show notes or go to africanawoman.com. Now back to the conversation.
1: You're saying you don't know you don't know what you're doing, but I think what you're doing, you know, it goes far beyond the business. It's literally. It's literally saving lives. It's mm-hmm. restoring dignity
0: mm-hmm.
1: where it was lost and stripped. It's
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's giving, uh, giving a woman back her power. Yeah. And that's what you're doing.
2: Yeah. And I did not even think about all those things, to be honest, Chulu.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It was one lady who sat me down one day and she was like, come here I'm going to get some sense into your head (laughs) do you know what this is that you're doing yeah and she was just like and then it hit me and I was like she's right it is doing these things she is right but in the Mm -hmm. beginning it was just like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and that's exactly what you've just you've just put me back again (laughs)
1: back on that chair like you better know what you're doing girl (laughs) but um okay um as we wind down i would love for you to just speak to us give us a give us a summary of where you've come from to where you are now and how What is it that keeps you going? What is the system that makes you know that that could have happened to me? That is my story, but it's not who I am and I will keep going. Yeah.
3: So after all that came to Australia,
2: got married started living my life went on and did nursing started working and still deep down in me I still feel this feeling like you have to deal with those things as they come up but sometimes we just I'm just like I've wasted a lot of time so I've got to catch up so I just kept studying, working, starting working pretty much and then in October of 2015 I had my daughter and having my daughter was another struggle for me and that was another thing that just made me feel like so weak and fearful again because it was a struggle just getting pregnant and I was like what is this with me I just can't seem to do stuff the proper way and after going through surgery and going through treatment and everything my daughter was born That Thursday night at about 10.36 and she was placed on me and when that baby was placed on me and before I, um, I got pregnant I had a dream and in my dream I just felt like it was a man but I didn't see the face but this person had on white. They came in and that night was one of my worst nights. I had literally cried myself to sleep, like begging God, can you give me a child? And that man took me into this big hole, like huge. And there was just babies in this Moses basket, just little baskets everywhere in the hall and babies, babies, babies. And he walked me through. I was behind him and it felt like, I felt like it was a man. I didn't see his face. So I just called him a man. And he just kept taking me down. And babies from
3: every race was in that room. In those little baskets. And he stopped. And when he stopped, he looked down.
2: In this basket, there was this little girl. And her eyes, like,
3: they pierced my soul when I stopped and looked at that baby. And he picked that baby up. And handed it to me. Handed that baby to me, and said the baby name was Biawo. In my native dialect, it means answer to prayer. And I took that baby, lots of hair and big brown eyes. A few weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. I did not check what the sex of the baby was. I was like, I know it's a girl. And
2: that night, that girl was put on my chest. Lots of hair and
3: those big brown eyes turned back at me. I just, I was like, all those feelings came back. Like I felt powerful again.
2: I felt like, I could conquer the world, I felt like all that fear left me, all that, it was just like something had come back into me and that just made me want to go, just made me want to do stuff and just made me not feel like, oh, your time had been wasted or, or you've, been running for years and years nothing's going to come out of you you know all those thoughts that come into my head just sort of just left me and I felt I've been given a human being to look after God really thinks I think that I can do this so he's given me someone to look after and I think that's where that I'm um, cleaning thing just like I have to I have to look after other people I have to tell people that no matter where you come from what you've done, you can do this. Like, you, you can do it. And I call it my, my refugee moment. I sort of say, you have not been a refugee like me, but you've had a refugee moment. Like, you've had times where you felt like, Powerless. You've had times where you felt weak. You have times where you felt disempowered. Maybe it was at your job. Maybe it was in your marriage. Maybe it was with your kids. Like you've had times where you felt like you were down in the dumps. But now I just tell people, no matter what, you have been empowered to have an impact. And as we know, our courage, Patrice says, what's happening? To you did not happen, to you happened for you. So this has happened for me. And now I can live in any environment, in any, I usually laugh around with my friends and I say, if you give me a fork and a knife, I can eat with a fork and a knife. But if there's none, I can wash my hands. I know how to eat with my fingers. So I, this has prepared me for that. Whatever situation comes now, I can sort of stand up and look at it And um, yeah, so in that moment after my daughter was born, I just had that feeling again and I just started going after self-development and just trying to understand myself and what power that lies or had been laying dormant in me, that that little girl had that power back, even though she was running away from her country, from her people and everything, but it is still there. So try to awaken that power. And then (laughs) it's just so funny that um, I got into um, P2P and I had never done anything like purpose to platform, never, ever. And the first question they asked me was, what do you do? We're not talking about your qualification, like what that question threw me off. I could not answer what I do, like what, not being a nurse, no, a nurse is your title, but what do you actually do? And in finding out what I do, I, I just worked through that with like the coaches and everyone, and I came to realise that I empowered to impact. And I came up with this um method that has really really helped me and it's called be strong and it's based on a bible verse that says be strong in the lord and in the power of his might because i realized as a human i could not have done that just by myself
3: and b is for believing in yourself e is for educate yourself S is for be strong in your mind, in your body, and in your spirit.
2: C is for trust in the process. R is for be resilient. O is for obey the call. N is never give up. And G is go for it. Whatever it is, that thing that you've always thought
3: about, that thing, you know that thing, go for it. And that has been my method.
1: Sis, you have just blessed us today. Like, thank you. Thank you, thank you. for thank sharing you, R- your MC. story. So grateful. So grateful. Thank you be strong so I hope you guys that are listening to this you're really really taking that in be strong. be strong be strong no matter what you came through guys no matter what you came through no matter what your refugee moment was yeah. be, strong. be strong yeah yeah Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So at the Africana Women uh, community, we have a little saying that goes, know your roots, grow your purpose. And it's actually I mean, it, a lot of the things that you're saying are quite similar, you know, with uh, the know is an, an acronym for knowledge, nourish, um, obedience, operate in obedience and weakness. And, um, and uh, when you were, you know, describing be strong, it was like, so similar i love it so i have a few questions for you um just let me know whatever comes to mind and if you want to expand on it it's fine um yeah so are you ready i am ready (laughs) yeah okay cool so um what are you rooted to i think
2: it's my faith in god
1: Mm-hmm.
2: that he is my provider he is my sustainer he's my deliverer he's my rock he's my strength like when I say be strong it's not in my strength it's not in my power because I could not and I was not strong in everything that I went through but it's by the power of God so I'm rooted in knowing that there is a the power that's greater in me And I've been created by that powerful purpose and to have an impact.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what are your favorite ways to nourish your mind, body, and soul?
2: My favorite ways, and all this have, I'm still in the process of learning this, people. (laughs) Still in the process of learning this. For my soul, it's like reading my Bible and praying. For my mind and my emotions, it's like talking through this stuff with someone because these things are heavy. And some of us Africans, I'm not going to say all of us, but I know there's quite a few of us that don't want to talk through this stuff. We just want to pretend that it didn't happen. But talking through the stuff it will (laughs) nourish your mind and your emotions. And in my body, I'm still learning about feeding myself right, exercising and just taking time out for yourself as an African woman, which is really hard to do. Because all you've seen is, a eh, woman, you can't take time for yourself. It's got to be the husband and the kids and the family and the
3: aunties and the nephews and nieces and all that. Just take time for yourself. Yeah. And I went to a
2: hot spa the other day and I sat there and I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I yes. and I yes, just enjoyed it. Girl. and just been <laughs> back
1: for like three hours and I was like yeah no regrets yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, do you have a weakness that has now become your superpower
2: a weakness that has now become my superpower hmm I would say my weakness that has now become a
3: superpower is um, forgiving people. Because I struggled with unforgiveness for a
2: long time. Like after everything that I explained, I just did not want to be bothered. Like everyone was evil and people were just out to get me. And if he did anything to me, he was just put in that book. It was just like. But then again, after working through stuff, that's why you need to work through stuff with other people. I realised that unforgiveness was just hurting me. Like those people had moved on. They Whatever had happened had happened. But I had to deal with me, with this body. I had to look after this body. I had to look after this
3: mind. And unforgiveness was just pretty much eating me up inside and not making me reach that full potential to have that impact. So that has become a strength for me.
1: Lovely. And then what do you know for sure? Oh, what I know for sure. What I know
2: for sure is that everyone... No matter what, no matter where you were born, no matter what your past is, you were created for purpose. You are created to have an impact.
1: Every single one of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. And Tay says, "This has been so beautiful." Can you please let everybody know how they can reach you, how they can contact you, you know, um, how they can show you their, uh, give you your roses, and this, <laughs> give you know, me my roses. Like, oh, this was think- <laughs> amazing.
2: Oh, first of all, I just want to thank you so much, Chulo. You don't know how grateful I am to you for just listening to me on a call. Just. This random stranger, because someone told me you need to talk to her and I covered, you just open up your heart to me and you decided that you're going to interview me. I'm just so grateful to you for just inviting me on your show to be able to share this heavy stuff Mm -hmm. in full (laughs) that I've shared. I'm just so grateful. I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. On Facebook, my name is Mente Waya. And um, I'm not active in those places, but I still pop in here and there. And on Instagram is Biao 15 So B-I-A-W-O-1-5. And that's my daughter's name that was given to me in the dream and the year she was born, 15. And I'm working on a blog. That's going to be my name as well.
1: So watch out for that. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so awesome. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Alrighty. Oh, well. Thank you for coming on the Africana Woman podcast. I honor your mother. I the strength. Her heart. Never giving up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, a lot You're of letter, that you tell her that there's this random girl in Zambia that just says, "Thank you, mom." <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Zambia. And she will tell me, "I'm going to Zambia because I got someone there now." That's how she does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and <laughs> just thank you, thank you for being um, being open, being vulnerable, and telling us your story in all of it, in all of, you know, that it is in its entirety. And I know that this is going to bless so many people. And yeah, thank you, my darling.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And thank you to all your listeners for listening and just being patient. I know this stuff was heavy stuff, but (laughs) just thank you for listening. Thank you to all of you. Thank you, sis. I appreciate you.
0: Listen, how good is God? Can we take a moment to give a big shout out to him? A family of six children plus three adopted children all made it to Australia after about 15 years of living as refugees. They lost their father for the majority of that period. But by God's grace... Their father was able to walk Mente down the aisle at her wedding. If that is not God, I don't know what else is. Can we also send so much love to Mente's mother? You just do not know what you are capable of until you are tested. This woman did not lose faith. She kept all her children together. She put food on their table. She took in orphaned children and then told the immigration authorities she could not leave them behind. She was a single parent in the most trying period of her life and she never gave up on her husband. Miracles do happen. There is a God. Now, Mente works to empower immigrant women. Why? Because she knows what it means to start from scratch in a new country. She knows the emotions. She knows the limiting beliefs that run around in these women's minds. She knows that they desire to work and be independent. Her defining moment was what led her to what she does today. What is your defining moment? Please find Mente on social media at Biawo15. Tell her you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast. Thank you, dear listener, for making us part of your day by listening in. I truly appreciate you. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend. You can also find me on Instagram at Chulu by Design. Say hello and I always respond. Until next week, I want you to remember, know your roots, grow your purpose. This has been a production of Olendo Creative Media. You can find out more about their services on www.olendocreative.com.